right, welcome back, everybody. We got a pretty special episode for you here today. Scott and I are actually going to be joined by our wives for this particular episode, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to be married or be in a relationship with somebody who works in athletics. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce my wife, Melinda. Say hello. Hello. And this is my wife, Allie. Hi. So we want to talk a little bit about kind of how uh, you guys met us and the best day of your lives. Um, what what uh, made you decide that you wanted to to get into this nonsense that is a relationship with people in athletics? Melinda, I guess I'll start with you. How did you uh, first get introduced to Pat, but more importantly, get introduced to Pat's career? Patrick and I started talking through a mutual friend at the time through a group text. Um, and then we just took off from there talking. Um, he was in Cincinnati at the time. Um, I was in Northern Virginia. So I didn't really know what I was getting myself into with him or the uh, job situation there. Yeah. It's it's a, wrong. yeah. <laughs> I mean, with him especially, I think every one of the listeners knows that Patrick's a little bit of a handful. So you deserve a medal. Like I've ever done anything <laughs> wrong. I'm just kidding. There's plenty of things I've done wrong. I don't think you want to start that. Yeah, plenty of things. I'm not I mean, trying to get myself in trouble right there. Pulled, as Melinda pulls out a notebook, she's like, well, let's see what you've done today. Right. Starts listing. It's probably a long list for today, too. So, What about you, Allie? Well, I was just wondering um, for Melinda, like, when did it kind of become like visible for you about what he did or when did do you remember like having an initial thought like oh this is what this is or <laughs> yeah did you have I mean, any experience like that well we started talking in I think it was July which is right when he was in camp um so he would call me on those long drives to what was it higher ground yeah well, I mean like I mean anybody who listened to this from from last week's episode talking with Blake that was right when you know, we were grinding out 15, 16, mm -hmm. sometimes almost 18 hour days. So yeah, I was driving back and forth to Indiana every day. Uh, so me and my, you know, my lonesome sitting in this box truck going back and forth, I got to, uh, to talk to Melinda a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, that was interesting. Um, I mean, I, I've always worked a job where you leave at the end of the day and you're done for the day. You don't do work outside of work. Um, you work an eight-hour day. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the hours that he was putting in was definitely not something I was used to. Yeah, it's like this doesn't make sense. What about you? What was the best day of your life? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, so I'm Allie, and Scott and I met um, as student equipment managers, actually. So I was a student equipment manager for the football team um, the same years as Scott. Scott did have a couple more years than me um, in the student realm, but mm. that's just another story for another day. <laughs> um, and we weren't dating or anything at the time, but I think we formed um, a special friendship because we were the only two freshmen. Special were... friendship? Yeah. <laughs> As she rolls her eyes. Yes, we <laughs> came in as freshmen together. Our first day. We were the work, only two freshmen, I think, at the that time. year. That yeah. year, we mm -hmm. came in together as the two freshmen that season. Yeah, so I really looked to Scott to like help me navigate this really new environment that was college equipment 
managing, you know, for a football team, I had done some, um, I was a manager, I put air quotes in manager for the high school football team, but that was nothing compared to what it was at the college level. And so I was really, um, I guess, shell-shocked for a couple of weeks, like just trying to find my footing around that. And so um, I looked to Scott a lot during those first um, couple of weeks in first camp because I also knew that he was new and that we could kind of fumble through this together. And so we grew a friendship from there. Um, and then I graduated and then we didn't start dating until um, after I'd graduated. We looked at you her. Missed, you missed the part of when you got to work for one of your favorite equipment managers ever as a boss. Let's go ahead yeah. and talk about that real quick. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. It, it wasn't that long, really. And we had a lot of assistants go through our time. Patrick couldn't hang. So. I just found a better job. Got away, <laughs> from, all you, got well, away so from all you crazy people. I think I might have left before you did, technically. I think, um, yeah. Was that your senior year when I was there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you finished up, and then it was probably like a month later. Or like a month or two later that I was that I left, but yeah. yeah. So at that point, I had already washed my hands of it. Um, you had senioritis <laughs> before I got there, so that's yeah. true. Her freshman year, the first day, uh, the assistant looked over, and Allie has this thing where the first day of camp every year. We didn't know this her freshman year, but that heat got to her the first day every year, and she'd have to go sit down on the bench or something, and kind of collect yourself, drink some water, she'd pass out. So the first day we're out there building benches, like metal benches um, oh. with no instructions, just like here, they've got delivered out there, go put them together so that fans could watch practice or something. And we're out there doing that the first day and she's over there sitting there sipping water, hot, about to pass out. And the assistant looks and goes, that girl ain't going to make it a week. Well, listen, I honestly <laughs> nice? had no idea what to expect at all. That day that you're talking about was literally the very first day we were on campus. My parents were in town helping me move into my residence hall. I showed up like just thinking it was going to be a meeting and then we would go like, so I'm in a nice shirt, like casual, but still like nice. And then some khaki shorts <laughs> and he's like, um, here's some clothes change. I'll go into the practice field. Well, I remember, I remember them giving me my loop, but I was just like, thanks. I didn't, I had no concept of what a loop was. I didn't know what we were doing. I had no like <laughs> jumping off point. And so that first day when we put together those bleachers, it was kind of a clue to me of like, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but for whatever reason, I never quit. <laughs> Yeah, we're not we're not sure, but she hung in there. But, yeah, yeah, because her last day would have been the day that I picked her up and threw her in the creek, and you were there for that because that was me and Taylor went and dumped her in Eagle Creek, and we had the walk and stuff that spring, and then you left that summer afterwards. I yeah, think. yeah. I wouldn't yeah. call that a creek; it's more of a drainage ditch. But yeah, whatever. Beautiful Eagle Creek. We won't even we won't even go there. But yeah, so that was that was our guidance into Allie worked in equipment so it was a little easier for her I think when we first started dating she kind of knew what it was then uh I guess once the moving started that's when she was kind of blindsided but I did know like as a student um there was one particular moment where it became clear to me that I didn't want to pursue equipment as a profession and that was um 
it wasn't the, our first year, but somewhere in the middle, uh, I was asked to clean shoes. <laughs> and I just thought it was the most ludicrous thing on the planet. Like, why would I clean shoes? Like, I just did not understand. And, I, and it was in that moment where I told myself, yeah, like, this has been real. This has been fun. It's been a good experience. But after graduation, mm -hmm. I'm out. <laughs> Sitting on the floor with a towel and, and bleach and scrubbing the outsides of white cleats, that'll, that'll do it for you. I understand why it's important now. And even after the fact, I got it. But at the time when we were first asked to do that, I was just really taken aback, like, has this guy lost his mind? Like, why are we scrubbing shoes? This seems really ridiculous. And it was also to keep you guys out of the locker room while everybody else, all the guys were in the locker room, getting collecting back everything game-wise. That, and we had to, we, the, we, they would, the shoes would take them into the week. They would do shoes while we'd have to take forever. Yeah. tighten helmets and shoulder pads and spray things down, going into the pickle patch on a daily basis to get laundry, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, I mean, it was... Obviously, like you said, it was something that needed to be done, but it was also to protect you guys from seeing mm -hmm. a bunch of naked dudes walking around because nobody yeah. wants to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But Melinda's, I guess the first game you ever came out to was, was Rutgers. She drove from Northern Virginia over to, to New, Jer New Jersey mm -hmm. to uh, come watch us play and just beat down on Rutgers. So that was kind of her first experience, and she got to sit in the stands with uh, Blake's wife, Erin. Mm. So... I think they got to talk a little bit. And, and she brought me down to the sideline, mm -hmm. which was cool. Yeah, after the game, she came down onto the field. So that was that was fun. But just, I mean, her kind of her first experience seeing um, me in action, aside from when she was a real creeper and, and got to, to see me from the, the stands when I was at Ugh. Georgia Southern, actually, and before we had ever met. Yeah, she slept literally across the hall from me, and we never a met. A year before, yeah. How was that? I saw him working. She came to visit... Um, Mackenzie, and, mm. and stayed at our place, and yeah, and she literally slept across the hall from us. <laughs> oh boy! I was supposed to meet him. It just didn't happen because he was working late. I worked till I worked till I think midnight that day with Stu, and then was up back in the equipment room by like eleven the next morning because yeah, he and I always went there and did laundry and like coaches' laundry and stuff. Yeah, well, Stu would usually like to take the morning, and he'd get stuff rolling and then he'd do out by noon and then you'd come in 11 12 finish up the game day laundry and stuff and head out so it was kind of like a shift for Stu on sundays because we didn't practice on sundays but when you left and we brought in woolsey chris woolsey shout out to woolsey at duke i would go up there with him at that point and Stu would be on the way out at like 11 we'd high five on the way in we'd get stuff we'd switch it get another cycle going and then we'd go over to Gattas, which was like a Buffalo Wild Wings type place in Statesboro. And we'd get a couple pitchers deep and uh, watch the NFL games. They did this like fantasy football game day thing where you could, there's some guy in there and he's like, all right, um, I'll give you guys, uh, the bet is Deshaun Jackson will score a touchdown in the first quarter. And you, you would get so many points, like when you walked in the door. And at the end of the one o'clock games, whoever had the most points would win a prize. So it was kind of fun. But then we'd be sobered up walk back over to the equipment room, finish up laundry, go home. And that was every Sunday for about 12 weeks. So Stu well, he, was on that. that he, he, must, 
Yeah, he must not have liked you guys because he would come in at noon with me and we'd do laundry together and then we'd leave and he'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to Mellow. You want to come with? And we'd sit down <laughs> at Mellow and have a few beers because that was his spot, man. He still, I think he still has his drink there and his name on the wall for drinking uh, an absurd amount of, of beverages there. So, yeah. It was a spot. He, he just liked me more than you. So, I mean, that's really not surprising at all. But He'd be the first that would ever have uh, picked you over me. Not really. Maybe Melinda, I guess. But <laughs> I think I think that's interesting, though, that those you you see it like at the Craigslist, the old Craigslist ads. It's like missed opportunities where it's like I saw you in the subway and I didn't say hello. It's kind of funny that you guys ended up obviously together, but meeting after uh, a missed encounter there the year before. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't like my beard for a long time too. So she, I think she had something to say about it that day. I did not have anything to say about it that day. Other days, yes, but not that day. Well, Melinda, did you go to meet him and it just didn't work out? Or was it just like a total, like, serendipitous thing that y'all were, like, within such a close proximity? Well, I went to Atlanta for the weekend and then we drove down um, to, to see a game. And then, I mean, it was, if it happens, cool. If not, you know, whatever. So it just didn't end up happening. That's fine. I just wasn't that important at the time. <laughs> You're still not. I hope or you could say I wasn't as important because you didn't stop working to come and see me. I oh. was busy. You you oh, try telling Stu that you're going to leave work. See how that goes for you. <laughs> I did all the time. Yeah, which is like... Yeah, as a of... student. <laughs> Fair. I can't wait till your beard goes gray because I hope that's when the beard <laughs> gut just sets in and we can, you just go full Santa. Yeah, no. You're wearing red. That's kind of mean, yes. man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hallie, what, what, after we started dating, what was the hardest, or I guess even marriage, what's been the hardest thing for you in terms of the equipment spouse schedule? Not so much the, the you know, moving aspect that's obviously been a challenge for our family, but what's what's been the hardest thing as far as just living in the same place and, and having someone who's never home? Mm, um. What comes to mind almost immediately, second to moving, you kind of vetoed that one for me, but I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. Um, yeah, we're getting to that. Um, is how busy I feel like when you're in season and you've been at places where you're in season with multiple different sports throughout the year. We've mm -hmm. been at places where you're only in season um, for one sport at a time. But even then, when you've been like primarily football stuff, um, we always make the joke of football season is every season. Mm -hmm. And um, so that is really time consuming. But I think the biggest thing is... For me, like on the weekends, I typically like to rest, recharge, clean house, kind of get organized and ready for the week. But um, like say if you're in football season, mm -hmm. there's one whole day of the weekend, especially if it's a home game or really only if it's a home game or a game that I'm traveling to um, where that's taken out. And so there's a lot of things on the back end um, like you know, personal laundry and mm. getting the house ready and meal prepping that um, is harder to kind of prepare for. Yeah, I think that's tough, but it's also 
one of the things that that she did um, when I was like in football season that I'll shout her out a little bit was it was I wasn't able to do a lot of the personal care, I would say things like I couldn't uh, I've got stuff on the grocery list, but when do I have time to go to the grocery store? Like, I don't really want to go there 830 when I get off work and I got there, you know, 7 a.m. So it was um, coming up on Sundays while I'm up there just doing game laundry and stuff. And she'd usually take an inventory of my snack box that I kept in my office and my, my mini fridge. And it was going to the store when she got groceries for the house. She'd get things for the office and there were things that she'd stock my fridge and stuff. So you need somebody like that if, if you're working the crazy hours. Um, it can, obviously, there's single equipment guys out there and, and there's Patrick can speak to this part of it, too, is living separate while you're in season because that's something that Melinda and Patrick have experience with. But it certainly makes it a lot easier if you've got somebody that's kind of in your corner there. And I think I, I vetoed moving because we will get to that. But that part of it, the long hours – you're not seeing each other a lot, even when you live together, that gets tough. But I think for Melinda, I would say, what is the hardest part when outside of, I'm going to go ahead and give you the obvious, I think is, is you guys didn't live together for a lot of the time that Patrick was obviously in Cincinnati. And then he was closer in Richmond there and, and you were up there in Northern Virginia. But aside of there's all those weekends that he's not traveling to see you. I mean, that's during, during mid to late July through, through at least December, it's you're coming to see him or, or you're not seeing each other. But I would say other than that tough travel schedule for the fall and not being able to plan any, any fun events, no apple picking. What's the, uh, what's the hardest part about living separate with someone who's working 70, 80 hour weeks? Well, the planning is a big problem um, because I'm a planner. So that was something that we struggled with a lot. Um, long distance is hard enough, but then, you know, when you have football or, um, you know, practices or whatever it is taking up your time, then it becomes even harder. Um, there were a lot of things I wanted him to come with me to, you know, family functions and things like that, that I had to go by myself. Um, so that was kind of hard and frustrating at times. But I mean, it was easier when he was in Richmond. I didn't mind the drive. Um, with Cincinnati, I just, I'm not somebody that likes being in the car for a very long time. So I would fly, um, but I don't that love to fly. So yeah, <laughs> that was kind of difficult too. To fly and it's not, not easy. And Patrick yeah. up here is coming home every day and just complaining about the job for hours on end and just not letting you talk about Grey's Anatomy <laughs> or whatever else you want to talk about. Well, I will say the the interesting part of what you know the equipment world is versus you know something that I'm used to. Patrick could never come to work with me. That, that's just unheard of. Um, he wouldn't be able to get through the door. Um, you know, I could go to the equipment room, and that was something that I did do to spend. Because even though if I was you know down visiting him over the weekend, it wasn't I was wasn't able to see him all the time unless I went to work with him. Um, so that was something that was that um, was interesting. It was great having her there because we got to spend more time together, especially if she was coming down for a weekend where we had like a game or something. She, you know, she got an extra couple hours to actually spend time with me. And that mm -hmm. that was great. And I appreciated her doing it. The worst part of her doing that, though, is every single place that I was at, I say every single place, so like Cincinnati and Richmond, all of my darn student managers <laughs> couldn't kept coming in to my office and be like, 
Hey, Melinda, do you need anything? Uh, hey, uh, hey, how's it going, Melinda? <laughs> like everybody wanted to talk to her, and I was like, "Get out of my office now!" Yeah. Like Cincinnati That's in particular. <laughs> hey, Melinda, Patrick's really mean to us. Um, could you maybe say something? Um, well, in Cincinnati, he had this little office, and they would just come in and kind of just awkwardly pretend to be doing things. They're clearly not doing things. <laughs> they just wanted to come in and see her, and I was just like, "Get out! Just stop!" There was like. There were two people, I think, on that entire staff that I was okay with mm-hmm. going in and talking to her. One of them was Brian Peters, who was a student for us. He was kind of like our like head student manager at that point at Cincinnati. And I mean, that's the kid I could like toss the keys to and just be like, all right, you can control the equipment room for the day. I gotta go be in meetings. Blake has to be in meetings. Like he he was that kind of guy. So the opposite of Scott. Um but essentially like the only person like that went in there and just wanted to be nice it wasn't going in there to like like oh i got to talk to pet's girlfriend but it was just like hey like what's going on how are you how's it going like how was the trip up type thing just genuinely wanting to get to know her because he's just a good guy um Mm -hmm. but yeah it was just it it wasn't so bad at uh at richmond because i only had like Mm -hmm. a handful of managers and i was you know when you only have so many people you're they're doing a lot of different tasks throughout the day. So they were super yep. busy. But when you had 18 people at Cincinnati, at any given point in time, there are guys that aren't doing anything. So they were they were being pests. But otherwise, it was awesome having her down there. She got to kind of really get an inside view of, of what we kind of do every day, which is you can explain it, you can talk about it. But until you see kind of really what's happening, you don't really understand it. And whenever she came to Cincinnati, Blake put her to work. Yeah, so I was, was going to mention too. that. My very first time in an equipment room, Blake has me taking out the laundry loops and putting them in the bins. And I'm like, I know this is clean, but this is football players' laundry. Yeah. Is this really clean? <laughs> it's like, never. No, not really. No. It's like jock straps on there. And you're like, eh. there's still some, there's still some funk, no matter what you do yeah, with it. Gross. <laughs> but she kind of looked at me. She was like, do I seriously have to do this? And I was like, <laughs> he had his parents here last week and they were doing the same thing. So yeah, you kind of have to do it. <laughs> he, yeah, anybody that came into the equipment room to visit, like he was mm-hmm. putting them to work. So. Well, Melinda, something that you said that really struck me was um, like you wanted Patrick to go to things with you and do stuff with you. Uh, and I immediately thought of y'all's wedding. When I <laughs> came to y'all's wedding, by myself because Scott was working. Right. We had a game. I just didn't want to yeah, go see, to see, you guys got an invite <laughs> to our wedding. <laughs> we, we would have invited Melinda. Exactly. It was just you. Yep. Well, we were always, or he was always telling me, um, we could never have a fall wedding ever. Um, and then when he got out of football or I got out of equipment, then that was actually an option. Wasn't an option that she goes, we're having a fall wedding. No, I did not. <laughs> So we're having a wedding. Here's the date. <laughs> well, like our anniversary is the same weekend or the same. Yeah, it's, it's the same weekend of AEMA every single year. Well, next year's already been canceled. It's already been canceled, so you guys but actually get to spend your anniversary gonna, together. Next year was going to start on the fifth, but yeah, oh. the first the first few years of our marriage, it they did move. landed on the my first day in, like first full day was the third of June which was our anniversary. And then the next year, I think it was uh, the, the day I flew out. So we had like a nice breakfast and then she drove me to the airport. 
So thank you, Happy AE, anniversary. For <laughs> yeah. Changing your dates. Yes. But yeah, that's that's been um that's been an interesting experience too, is just getting to talk to her about like some of the stuff that as I get deeper as a professional, I'll say, Hey, remember how like Stuart had us do blah 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 blah? Well, that's because I just went to this workshop at AEMA and they explained like for this reason, this reason, this reason, it's good to do this. So like, that's why we had to do that. And she's whatever. I don't care. I still don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) She gets this bad thing. She really was. I don't think I say whatever. I don't care. I think there was until until her senior year, she was she was 100 percent in to do to do the work. But as soon as I got there, she just didn't didn't want to do do the work. She just didn't. Didn't like me, I guess. It must be what it was. <laughs> I don't know. There she, was a time she's just sitting here, real quiet, shaking her head. So yeah, <laughs> there was a time she's gonna mute me as well. No, there was a time that uh, that Allie was not Team Patrick. I think she's come around, but I think there was a time that uh, Patrick wasn't current. Patrick. Patrick used to be a jerk. Patrick's leadership style <laughs> <laughs> was very abrasive at the okay, time. Okay, let me let me ask you this. Who would you have rather yell at you, me or Stu? Um, mm. <laughs> you're, putting, you're putting Stu in a tough spot. Or he's not here to oh. defend himself. Well, because Stu didn't yell that often. He did. Like it was, it was like when he would come into the equipment room and close the door. Like you knew it was about to go down, and you're like, "That's mm-hmm. true." I, I would just sit back. Meeting. Yeah, I would just sit back and laugh. Like Stu I had nothing to do with that. Stu I tried to make y'all do that work before that ever came up. I find it hard to believe. You said Stu never yelled at you? No. It was no. always a group thing, and it was about something that something somebody else did. It was never my fault. Oh. <laughs> oh. Scott, I'm just going to let you have that one, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just kind of sat there and, like, let the group um, hold the brunt of whatever disappointment we had made because... I always made sure I was very diligent in my work. Were you? Mm-hmm. Okay. On that note, I think we might take it to a break. Uh, yeah, we have to take it to a break and have a conversation about that kind of off recording. So, uh, yeah, we'll be right back, folks. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we're joined still by our wives. Uh, Yay. Allie, I to... Yay. <laughs> Allie, I wanted to lead it in with a question for you. I kind of vetoed moving earlier because I knew we were going to talk about this, but I wanted to ask you specifically, since we've done some cross-country moves, a few of them, and and you've kind of talked about some of this stuff, what are the differences between being, say, an equipment wife or for the people that are in the athletic department? I think it's similar for athletic trainers and SIDs and facilities crews. When you move cross country or just to another school, what's the difference there for a staff member's spouse than, say, a coach's spouse? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so you talked about moving, and honestly, moving has been one of the hardest things for me as an equipment spouse because um, literally right after we got married, we moved across country. And then we moved across country again. Um, and now we're in a unique situation where we're not living together. Mm -hmm. Um, so all of that uncertainty has been the hardest thing, but, um, I've talked to a lot of 
newer equipment wives about this part too um, that I've made friends with along the way and um, equipment spouses in general have a more unique struggle in that um, as opposed to a coach's spouse um, because there's not as much financial support for the family in terms of that. So every time we relocate, I'm on the job hunt again um, because mm-hmm. we are a dual income family um, and there are some um, perks to coaches where they get a little bit more compensation depending on what level you're at for sure yeah um but a lot of time that they get compensated a little bit more um than equipment folks Mm -hmm. um and also too when coaches come and go from different universities um oftentimes it's a complete clear out of a whole staff and that whole staff will um oftentimes move kind of as a unit, you know, with some exceptions of sprinkles here and there of people going to other places. But um, so the spouses are moving. They're able to forge, you know, a a community within themselves and Mm -hmm. then also move around together for the most part. Yeah, and that does happen. And and it's not that equipment spouses don't get brought into that fold. They can. It's just it's hard when when we moved. Um, there was one instance where she realized all this. We kind of started talking about it. Was she? We moved, and the first game she went to, my comp tickets were with all the wives, and you're sitting in the wives section, and you can already tell, like game one, all these people know each other, and it was like a new staff, so they had just gotten there. So she's thinking, oh, like they're all new. This is actually our second year here, but it's all these new coaches. But like day one, game one, they all know each other. They've already done a bunch of stuff together. They had all mostly come from another school. Mm-hmm. So I think that was something that she uh, she wasn't necessarily ready for. But it wasn't, a, it wasn't a problem. It's just it's the differences and things you don't think about where equipment staffs don't usually pick up and move together like maybe coaches staffs do. And, mm-hmm. yeah, there were some definite challenges that I know. Um, you see the big schools, they'll send the equipment truck or something and the semi will pack up the head coach, new head coach, and just maybe maybe Auburn's equipment truck is going to go get their uh, their new head coach from Boise, Idaho. But a similar move for us from Montana to Virginia was there was no, you know, JMU equipment truck coming to pick up our stuff in Montana. You know, we were, we were spending that money draining the old savings account to ship a car and to drive across country and ship some furniture and stuff. So I think those challenges are definitely there, but it's just different. And I think that we've joked around about there needs to be some kind of equipment wives club. That's like a national thing just because support group, that's <laughs> that support group's not there. Like it is for coaches wives. And you always hear um, when you're watching football games, Oh, the wives, the wives, the wives, but often it's the support staffs uh, who have relocated and start fresh making friends and everything else that, that doesn't necessarily get, get considered doesn't get the, the publicity, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredibly difficult being a spouse of an equipment manager or support staff and having to go all the way across the country or just continually relocate and mm-hmm. try and make new friends and start fresh all the time. And it, it puts a strain on you, too. I mean, just trying to figure out your career. I mean, all of us know that equipment doesn't necessarily pay you know, um, the big bucks, if you will. Uh, it's it's something where both people in the relationship need to be employed 
So trying to figure out jobs, if you're, you know, hopefully if you're, you're working in the university and you go to a new job, there's a spot for you at this new place. Right. So trying to balance that and figuring out what's best for the family. Uh, you know, it's, it, that's a huge decision in it. And I mean, that was part of why I got out of equipment. I mean, I wanted to get closer to Melinda. She had a job in an area where she needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I left and went to go be with her because that for me meant more happiness than ever working in equipment. Mm-hmm. So and you got to do a podcast too. So it's fine. <laughs> you still get to talk shop. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's one of the, one that was one of the bigger deciding factors for me starting this with you. That was being able to sit here and talk shop, bring a lot of guys on and girls that, that are in the industry still. And, and I still stay connected with all of you guys. And mm-hmm. it has been nothing but an absolute joy for me because I get to still be around it as much as I do miss it. You know, do I really want to get back into equipment when it's all said and done? Probably not. I mean, I'll tell you as much as I love that job and as much as I love being in that job, being away from it and not having to work those long hours and not see Melinda all the time. I don't, maybe she would prefer me to get back into it because she doesn't want to <laughs> see me all the time, oh, but no. working from home, she comes home every day and like, Opens the door expecting not to see me, and she's just like, <sighs> "Yeah, liar." <laughs> she's but, you're waking up at at you know eight a.m. nine a.m. on Sunday morning. You roll over and, and you got the dogs and you got Melinda and you're not going elbow deep in the dirty laundry from from the day before his game. And you're like, "Yeah, this isn't too bad." Yeah, I mean, I can watch football on Saturdays and Sundays mm-hmm. and not stress about anything. I can just sit and uh, complain about the uniforms that I see on the field and the way they're set up and the <laughs> decals and yeah. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, she, she doesn't like being around me when I'm watching football. Oh my gosh. He is the worst. I, I, I used to love watching. Um, I don't watch football on my own. I will admit that. But if he was ever working a game, you know, I would look for him on the sideline. That was my extent of watching football games. Um, that was a lot more fun than listening to his commentary and how bad the refs and just all of the things that he says, <laughs> the dog gets stressed. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go do something else. The dog gets stressed. <laughs> oh yeah, our, our little pit bull. So anybody who thinks pit bulls are vicious dogs have never met our pit bull because he is the biggest baby in the world. As soon as I start, uh, we'll say, raising my voice to the television, <laughs> he has to, you know, tuck his tail between his legs. He'll come up and just like. He's like a support, like an emotional support dog. He's like trying to get all in my face and like lay on me and stuff. And he's like, please stop yelling. I didn't do anything wrong. Aww. <laughs> it wasn't me. I'm Queen sorry puppy. the Steelers are terrible. Number three seed. We'll How are your they... Jags doing this year? Locked up that number one pick. That Yes, you know, sir. The Jacksonville Trevoirs, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, well, so. that's great. I hope you guys can protect him because. Yeah, we'll be fine. You're investing a lot of money into a player who's the best player in college football. We'll see how it turns out for him. It'll be fine. It won't be a Joe Burrow situation. TBD. T- Dude, I feel so. I feel so bad. I mean, completely off topic here, but I feel so bad for the for Joe Burrow. Like, that, no, I really do because he is a tremendous football player, and as much as I don't like the Bengals, 
I want to see him succeed because, I mean, I just, I don't, there's not, there are very few players in the NFL where I can say I don't like them. I mean, these yeah. guys are all the best at what they do for a reason, and they're playing at this in this league for a reason. So you want to see them all succeed. So it's just, it was sad to see that happen to them. We were going to talk about Allie and her job, what she's doing. So she works on more of the academic side of, of you know, the college life. And mm-hmm. what has that been like? So, I mean, obviously with you being a student manager, so you've, you know, you have, I would say four years at least of experience being around athletics and then kind of taking a job and, and really refocusing yourself to the academic world. What's that like? One, just on the academic side, and two, in terms of your interactions with the student-athlete now. Yeah. Um, so I'm in. I'm currently in student affairs, um, specifically in student conduct right now. Um, but it's interesting because from a student affairs lens, um, I see a lot of the resources that campus has to offer. And oftentimes athletes don't utilize the resources as much as they could or that they should because a lot of um, a lot of stuff the athletics department likes to do in-house. So um, something that was really exciting for me is um, a couple of years ago, I was able to do a program with the student equipment managers that um, were working with Scott as a community building um, activity or exercise. exercise. And so they were able to decide for themselves what they wanted their group values to be and how they wanted the year to go. Um, and that was a really powerful thing for me to be a part of. Um, just oh. bringing the resource into athletics, like, in any any way possible and scott saw like a lot of really positive things from that yeah i would say if you're an equipment manager and you haven't done it um what was it called a restorative circle mm-hmm. it was yeah. a community building circle i would say look it up see if you've got those resources on campus because for any equipment manager we did it just because we had i want to say it was we only had three returners that year so we had about 10 kids we had a lot of new kids we didn't know how it was going to turn out and we just knew we needed something to break the ice. So it was we couldn't get it scheduled until their second day reporting for camp. It was that that pre um, camp, pre practice, like few days where you're you're trying to get the last of the workout gear out or whatever it is you're doing to get ready for camp. And we just went upstairs after one of our work days at like five o'clock and did this circle and um, you know, we had Jake Darling on. I don't think we talked about it on that episode, but what he was one of the new kids and what we ended up having was you had a essentially a talking stick, what it, what it ended up being, but we had prompts and questions were asked and we passed this stuff around and we talked about stuff and we learned who these kids were. And I mean, you had kids that, that worked with me the previous year that were sharing stuff that I didn't know about them. I mean, there were a few tears shed. It was like creates the container for like a really vulnerable conversation and a safe conversation. Well, and you know, there's always that fight that happens usually mid season and it's usually you in a quiver room, you guys kind of give it back and forth to each other. The guys and girls like to like to tease each other, and we're like a family. So I always tell the kids, you're going to see each other more than you see your own families this season. So try to love each other, kind of thing. Don't don't get in on each other too hard, but inevitably, like your brothers and sisters, you're going to fight. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually, what happens is, and, and I'm sure someone who's listening to this, it'll be like, yep, 
you uh, you get a scab poked out enough where it's you know someone's sensitive about mom jokes for whatever reason, or you know something of the nature, and they just had enough mid season long hours. They're sick of it. You've done something else to make them mad, and they blow up. Then you've got a knockdown drag out fight. Well, we kind of laid stuff like that out in the very beginning, and you know, guys, not that this happened, but an example would be, you know, hey, you know, my mom's survived cancer twice. Like it's, you know, I'm really sensitive about my mom. Like I love my mom. Like blah blah blah. Whatever the case can be, and then people will remember that kind of thing. Like I'm not going to make mom jokes, you know, because I know he's going through a lot. That's a sensitive subject. So it was stuff like that would come up, but we we nailed down values. We nailed down kind of how we wanted to treat each other, mm-hmm. how we wanted to respond if things got off track, and we wrote them down on a big sheet of paper, and it was up in our equipment room the entire year. I think it's still hanging up, actually. Um, but so that kind of stuff is really good to do with your staff. Got sidetracked, but mm-hmm. the point, All those resources are on campus. And we see in athletics, you know, coaches will do that coach speak, and they'll have their words, and they'll have their stuff. Something like that at the beginning of a camp would be huge, especially for the smaller teams, your basketball teams, soccer teams, but you just never see it done. And that's been something that she's definitely seen on her side that she's like, I'll come home and I'll say, well, this happened in athletics, and this is going on at kind of the whole department level, and it's kind of crazy. She's like, well, you know, there's a whole office on campus that's <laughs> meant to help with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We literally have it there specifically for this need, but you guys aren't going to come by and and ask for help. But I mean, it's it's a good thing to have, and it's mm-hmm. it's an like you said. I mean, with having your student managers over there, I mean, it's an interesting way to do it. I, obviously, I'd never done anything like that with my guys, but yeah, it it is a good way to kind of nip some of that stuff in the bud before it really you know it might become an issue you do, i mean yes when you're around everybody especially during camp like there are just grinding hours and people annoy you and they get on your nerves and you want to just lose it and whenever you can remove a lot of those issues right away it's gonna relieve a lot of headaches for the full-time employees so i mean <laughs> I think every equipment manager should probably look into doing something like that start of the season. Yeah, and equipment too, especially like Scott and I, Scott had a direct contact, you know, a direct contact for that resource. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of an easy transition to bring that resource to the equipment room. Um, but yeah, just like look into what resources are available on campus and community building stuff and conflict resolution stuff. Um, because bringing these resources to athletics as a whole has to start somewhere. And mm-hmm. equipment is a really good um, low risk place to like kind of introduce um, to other people in athletics that, hey, like these things are here and they're available. Um, so use them if you, you know, have a need. Yeah. All right. So I have to call the wives out right now. And ask both of them if there are any episodes of our podcast that they have yet listened to. So if there's any that you haven't listened to yet, let us know if there are any and how many there are. I think about two that I have not listened to. Mm. Yeah, there's two of them that I haven't listened to either. The two most recent ones. So you guys don't keep keep up with with our show is what you're saying? Well, I did listen to Blake's episode. So you don't keep up with our show? No, well, that was the most recent, though. Okay, so you still have two you have yet to listen to, so you're obviously not keeping up with it, though. Here's the thing. There's a, epi- there's a podcast that comes out every single day that Allie keeps up with better than she keeps up with our podcast. 
we're just once a week. God forbid this thing take off and we quit quit our day jobs and do this every day because my wife is not. There's no way I could keep up. There's 18 podcasts that I'm subscribed to right now. But the one that she's 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 married to a host does not take precedent. So let me ask you this. So there's 18 you listen to. Are you behind on all 18 of them or is it just ours? I'm behind on all of them. Because I put them in a queue, oh boy. and I stick to my queue religiously, and so the queue's organized. Like the old school, like Netflix, Netflix queue. Yeah, yeah. God forbid she she prioritize her husband's podcast. But I do have a bone to pick with Apple because the queues are specific to the devices. So I got a new computer over the holiday. Thank you, sweet husband. Um, it's those podcast checks. And <laughs> hey, so if there's any sponsors out there that are um, looking to add a new podcast, let us know. Yes. Um, and I don't remember Your what queue, I was saying. The, the, oh, yeah. Okay. So the queue doesn't transfer. So I can make a queue on my phone, but then the queue doesn't show up in my podcast app on the computer. So. That's an issue, but other than that, they do sync. The podcast app does sync across devices. Either way, that's still not explaining why you're not prioritizing this podcast. More. Yeah, Melinda. Well, I've never been a podcast person ever. I mean, I had a 15 minute commute, then we moved. I have about a 20 minute commute, so it takes me a long time to get through one episode. Like a day and a half. Yeah, so it's a long time. Well, especially when you're home all the time, Patrick. See, like if you weren't home as often and Melinda was just at home, you know, needing to Mm -hmm. do her own thing, she could throw on a podcast, but because she has to entertain you. That is a very good point. Okay, so let me ask you this, Allie, since you've had some nice little break time from college, you have um, been home every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you're you're not caught up on our podcast then? Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> no. Because we've been busy. We've been busy over break. And I've really got behind on all the podcasts because of break. But keep in mind, we just talked about earlier, we don't live in the same state right now. Yeah. I took a job and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And she lives in Virginia. And so we're several states apart. I'm not home when she gets home. She can do her own thing. She still doesn't keep up. So you have zero excuses. Subscription. <laughs> so, and where does ours rank in terms of your favorites on that list of eighteen? Not first. Obviously, not first. I know Melinda's is not first. It's Office no, we, yeah. Girls. I only have Office Girls. Office Office she literally <laughs> listens. This woman listens to two podcasts and hasn't listened to all of ours. She listens to I two. Have just explained why. But Allie listens to 18, but we're probably her 17th favorite. (laughs) I don't know that I really have favorites. Okay. (laughs) But I do really, I have really enjoyed this venture that y'all kind of forged with the podcast. It's been fun listening, even though I'm two episodes behind. It's been fun listening and like hearing from other people. And I know some other people have even mentioned their spouses, you know, on here. And that's been fun to talk about. And um, I forget who it was that um, was talking about their wife. I was listening to the episode and I just thought to myself, you know what? 
she should be so proud of him. Like he is talking about her, like in a Tyler. way. We're in a way. I was yeah, just like, pretty, pretty sure that was Tyler and friends. Art. Like we should. Tyler and Art. Yeah, she's. I guess Tyler. Allie wants to be friends with Anna. I guess, but yeah, it's funny too because she'll listen to something. I'm sure Melinda does this too, where she'll come up to me and say, "Oh my gosh, Troy was talking about this, and that was such a good point. I hope you wrote this down or paid attention to it." I don't remember it. Like I, I remember, but not in the detail she does because she's listening to it in real time. And I'm just like, that was three weeks ago. And we don't pat our numbers by going back and just listening to our stuff over and over and over again. So a lot of times we listen to it when we edit it, put it out, and we don't touch it. And then she's she's over there bringing stuff up from weeks ago. And I'm like, lady, you know what I mean? People, we th- that's, that's three interviews ago. Yeah. And I mean, my, my thing is too, so – I listened to it, obviously. I listened to Troy's, specifically, we'll talk about his. I listened to Troy tell the stories. And then I went through and edited it. And so I listened to it probably two more times at that point. And then we upload it. And then it goes up the next, you know, whatever, Monday. So after after I get everything ready to go, it's literally just clicking one, one button to, you know, like Monday mornings is usually when we put them out. I don't after that like three different times i'm good like i don't need to hear it again i don't need to hear my own voice i don't that's you know. that's it for me i don't want to go back and listen to myself talk mm-hmm. and it's easy yeah. to absorb information too by listening to it because even during this call i don't remember everything that we've talked about like it's you just get wrapped up in the moment where if you're listening you know as a third party it's easier to kind of absorb what's being said i think for me anyway yeah. One thing I do get from Melinda, though, is uh, she'll tell me the different things that I'm doing wrong and the way that I talk on the podcast and maybe the different things I'll say. So you say this too much. And then I don't think that I'm actually saying it. And so I go back and listen because I have to then re-listen. And like just just like the glass shattering, I'm like, all right, well, now I have to absolutely change how I speak on a normal basis. So thank you for now making me self-conscious about what I say. I'm sorry. I asked you first if you wanted me to point it out. You said yes, and I did. I won't point it out for your listeners. (laughs) I said, are you open to a point of feedback on the podcast? And he has the option to say yes or no. It's always an eye roll, but you want to know. Like, that gets you curious. So you have to know. Yeah, you you can't just drop that bait for me and expect me not to take a bite. Well, and she's usually she's usually bad about it's more not things I say. Pat Pat's Pat's pointed out some of the things I say. He does that for me, um, and it's become a running joke. Uh, some of that, stuff. yeah. But, so some of it's uh, just fun. Yeah, but she's bigger on like, you know what you guys should really be doing? You should really be doing this with a podcast. You should re- <laughs> you should really be. You know, shouting out, you know, rate and review. You guys don't ever tell people to rate and review. So everyone subscribe, rate and review this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) If you're enjoying, if you're not enjoying it, don't rate and review it then. Yeah. Yeah. If you you don't enjoy it, just forget you ever listened to it and don't tell anybody that you didn't enjoy it. That'd be great. (laughs) We'd appreciate that. Five stars. Except for our our (laughs) listeners in Singapore. We want to hear from you. Our listeners in Singapore, our one percent in Singapore, who are you? Yeah, I mean, we have uh, obviously we're there's a there's a handful of different countries, but it's like uh, the most random I think is Singapore. It's just yeah, I don't know. 
maybe uh, maybe we've got some big wig executive that takes flights to Singapore. You know, I don't know. Maybe Phil Knight's listening in. Okay, when y'all find out who's listening from Singapore, you have to have them on for an interview. They speak English. If we ever find out. Yeah. I wonder if it could be like an internet thing or if they're really in Singapore. Someone with an express VPN who's really into Singapore TV and just listens to our podcast while on the Singapore VPN. Express so things. VPN. I ahead. knew there were things Blake wasn't telling us. I don't trust him. <laughs> muscle shirt. <laughs> you wear a muscle shirt. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's all I've got. Unless you guys want to rip into us and and ask more. Uh... Well, we talked a lot about like some challenging aspects of being an equipment spouse, but I don't want to be like. I don't want this to be a Debbie Downer podcast. Of course, there's challenges, but there's also a lot of perks. Um, yeah, Melinda. Do you want to start? Say, <laughs> <laughs> Melinda is the spitting image of the perks of of being a spouse, if you will, of an equipment manager. Yeah, all the gear that you get. <laughs> she steals my clothes. So yeah. any pair of sweatpants that I have is usually. Uh, squirreled away by her at some point or another, especially the joggers. She has a thing for joggers. Oh yeah. Well, and we would get like trade gear when we'd play like uh, some big schools and stuff like that. And I just never had much interest in it. So usually I'd bring something home that was like, what's a good oversized t-shirt size for her to wear as like a night shirt. So like half of her night shirts are just former mm-hmm. athletic wear mm-hmm. from from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Same that's here. Like, Washington State one that I like to wear a lot yeah she likes to wear a washington state one from when i was at montana state we played them i'll tell you i know what her biggest perk is and she might not even think about it our washing machines at home have always had agitators so i just take the comforter into the office and wash it in the commercial washers mm-hmm. oh that's nice yeah anything yeah. that's too big for like the residential <laughs> machine or like i washed the dog bed last week take the dog bed up there it's getting a little little crusty well, on that note, laundry, I would say, is a perk because Patrick does his own laundry because he is so particular about how things are folded. So I don't even touch towels. Um, I don't have to do any of that because otherwise, you know, it was, it, it's not done right. So Well, she can't fold. It's the most frustrating. Like watching her fold a shirt, like she folds it down the center. And I'm just like, I literally, st- the first time I ever saw her do it, I literally <laughs> stopped dead in my tracks and was like. Right, hot dog you- style? The first fold is hot dog style? If it's a t-shirt, what does it matter? Do you see what I have to live with? <laughs> I will okay, say. You're saying this because you worked in an equipment room. There's I a still folded, I folded that I way. I never worked retail. I didn't fold. I've never had to fold yeah. for any type of living. So she just does it the way that best suits her. Yeah. Oh, it's so painful to watch, though. Then do my laundry. <laughs> you hang 90% of your clothes up just do his own laundry and you he you still have to do yours he doesn't do your laundry too no but he does the towels and he you know you'll and the usually the other do the sheets so patrick can you fold a fitted sheet no absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not i seriously that is the one thing that is probably the most infuriating for me trying to fold a fitted sheet i've i'm probably at this point going to just give up and watch like a YouTube video on the proper way to fold a fitted sheet because 
every other sheet I fold is like crisp, clean, and like a perfect square. But I cannot, for the life of me, figure out a fitted sheet. Just roll it. Just treat it like a really big jersey. Put the seams all together. Turn it on its side. Just roll it. Treat it so it looks like a sleeping bag. It's infuriating. And that's like the one thing. So just growing up (laughs) in general, so my mom folding, like she's similar to me. She doesn't fold shirts the way I do because... Like I, I literally make like a, an actual just like square of my shirts, but when she folds like sheets, towels, everything, it's like perfect, like presentation style, perfect. It's unreal. I don't know, Patrick. How... You just need to fold everybody's. Yeah, I don't know how this person. turned into the housekeeping duties podcast, but it's an interesting turn. But it's, I think that's an, a perk that I wouldn't have thought of. But that's also, I don't necessarily do really much laundry at the house when we're living together like she's not gonna let me touch her stuff now she will say hey there's blood on this like could you bring some magic from work or hey this has got a little bit of something like if there's a tough stain that Mm -hmm. pin burst or something in the washer she's got something you're not checking your pockets are you kidding me what are you a coach no it wasn't that that i forget what happened we Wait, got what? pinned on something, but it wasn't because we left something in pockets. I think I think we just had one explode. I think it was actually the sheets or something. There was one instance where the sheets ripped, and she actually gave them to me, and I brought them up to the office and sewed them. That's another together. perk is having the industrial strength, like spray, spot treatment, spray, or whatever, like yeah. at the house whenever yeah. something goes awry. Things happen. You never know. So it's nice to... It's nice to have our friends at UNX and ISS and SweatX and all that that would we'd love for you to sponsor us. But those guys that can uh, can have those chemicals that we just take them home in the spray bottles and mm-hmm. do stuff like that. But yeah, I think we and used- I don't check his pockets because here's another thing about being an equipment spouse and I typically do the personal laundry more when we're living together is I'll find random pieces of hardware like in the dryer, it's like. True. A screw or um, a washer or like peanuts, and peanuts, turf yeah. beads all in the house all the time. Yeah, turf, turf beads, beads are the worst. Like in your shoes, and they'll stick to your socks. And yeah, there's if turf everywhere at all times. If you've never worked with turf, it's the equivalent to like how annoying it is if you had like ten like golden retrievers living at your house and the amount of hair that you would have. That's what turf beads are like. Just anytime you take off your shoes, it's an explosion of turf beads and the little um, fake grass that gets stuck to all your shoes and everything else. It's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But that's not... I mean, there's there's some perks. The gear, the laundry stuff we could do, folding skills for sure. But I think some of that too is the places we've got to live. We never would have moved to Montana. Um, you know, Melinda might not have spent as much time in Cincinnati uh there's there's the places it was awesome dude seriously like, yeah i mean there's places like as much as i hate to admit it because i like cincinnati in general like they're like they're professional teams not a huge fan but they're like uh great american ballpark where the reds play it's awesome and opening mm-hmm. opening day for baseball there is incredible so yeah i mean you you get to see the country and you get to go to places that you never thought you'd be i mean at what point, like you said, you you never would have moved to Montana. At what point would you have ever moved to Virginia, too? I mean, yeah. when you guys were up there. And it was great for us because it helped us reconnect in general. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of helped 
you know, yeah. spawn this this podcast and podcast. yeah. So that yeah, part's I mean, really I, cool. And the the perks of like if you're um, if you're involved with like traveling to a bowl game and and you know a lot of times you get to take your spouse to that that kind of stuff's cool. Like Melinda going and watching you guys play at Rutgers, just driving up and having the experience on the field afterwards. Things like that are cool. Allie used to come in the equipment room after all the games and. When her family was in town, they'd come in the equipment room after the games, and it was always kind of funny where they were. Everyone's always taken aback the first time a player just comes in and they're just like undo their sh- shoulder pads, and just throw their hands up and like bend over, and like undress me. It's like what mm-hmm. is going on right here? And you're taking jerseys and pads off of guys in the equipment room. Mm-hmm. Things like that were were a little different, but it's it's a nice perk that it really makes it feel like um, it's a family affair, and and you can put some ownership into the to the team, just mm-hmm. like random student managers coming up and just be like, Hey, Melinda, you know, <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the team mom aspect of it, but also it's, it's a cool environment. And those, those we've said it before, those relationships are hard and fast and that's why we can all move away, but we all kind of keep in touch. And it's the same with, you know, I'll work with people and Allie will have to hear about them all the time. So then it's just random days. It's how such and such doing. And now she feels like, what she does not just feels like she's got friends all over the country and stuff too that you know she knows and i can say something about you know oh we're having stick on well she's been a fan of stick forever i had to tell them that on the pot but she's like oh yeah stick mississippi state like that she's in the community too and Mm -hmm. so there's there's some perks to just being in this world it's it's a horizon uh what am i trying to say broaden your horizons horizon broadener i don't know what Mm -hmm. i was going with that it helps broaden your horizons there we are. I got to take my dad to the military bowl, so that was really cool. Wow. That was very cool. That'd be, that'd so they got to drive drive into essentially onto the base at Annapolis, and because that's where the their stadium is. So we were going down there and got beat by Virginia Tech because our third string quarterback had to come in and play. But either way, you know, they got to come in, you know, have a pretty cool experience and. It was the first time any of her family had ever really come see me, seen to see me work. Uh-huh. So that was definitely a lot of fun. But in general, like you said, bowl games, postseason play, it's until you're kind of there and experiencing it, you don't really know just how fortunate we are to do the things that we do. And I wouldn't trade really a moment of working in athletics for anything else. You know, I enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy anything in life. Cause I mean, I got, I literally got to travel the country. Uh, you know, I've been to all, but I think three States in, in this country at this point. So, you know, it's yeah. And one of them's Alaska. So, I mean, unless we were going up to play Anchorage, I don't know if they have a, a team up there, but. Oh, no. Hockey. Um, maybe? But, mm-hmm. I mean, either way though, those experiences and those, those different travels you don't get doing just any normal jobs. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a lot of fun and, you know, Melinda has been here with me for, for probably half was probably about half of that career at this point. So it's been, uh, it's been a ride. It's been a journey to say the least. And I know it has been for you guys too. To say the least. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a um, crazy last couple of years so i hope that means it'll calm down in the next few yeah i mean it's between february 2020 
I mean, it was it was starting to feel a little normal, and then I had to take this job. But between February 2020 and now has been certainly weird. But yeah, like getting married, everything was normal until we got married. Really, got married <laughs> a month later, moved to Montana. Yeah, realized that the cheapest house in Montana was like a 900 square foot condo for like three hundred thousand dollars. That wasn't going to cut it, so we mm-hmm. moved to Virginia after like eight months or something. And then now we're doing the split thing. So, yeah, it's, we're ready for the normal. But the, the perks definitely still for us are outweighing the, the negatives. Try to look at it with the upside and the positives and stuff. But it is really fun. She's she's definitely gets gets invested into the games a little bit. And there's um there's just some cool stuff about being a part of a team. And I think that's something that draws all of us to it. But she, that's where she feels this connection. She listens to Tyler talk about Anna. And she's like, oh, well, there's the connection with like, there's another equipment spouse, and that was one of the reasons mm-hmm. we wanted to do this show. And I know when the four of us would get together and stuff, there was always talks about we're doing the podcast or we're talking about sports. Melinda and Allie are over here, like, I mean, can you believe these two? Like, what, there's there's a camaraderie <laughs> in in our obsessiveness and our chaos, and mm-hmm. the women or the the men, if you're a woman in this profession, that they get to kind of look at us from the the yin to our yang and just be like, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the community is a big piece, and just the equipment manager community is, although it's a national community, it feels like a really small community Mm -hmm. um, because everybody seems to know everybody and support one another in in that way, and that's something that I kind of hope to build personally, like around equipment spouses, um, because yeah, it is really nice to hear about other people's journeys. Um, it makes it seem like, although, um, different seasons can feel really hard. It's also nice to hear about someone else's season and someone else's journey as a reminder of, you know, this isn't unique to us. And there are people <laughs> that are doing this. <laughs> the, the M&M's Christmas commercial when they see Santa is like, they do exist. It's like other people are going through this too. It's not just me. But yeah, I mean that that part I think is is really cool. And we've been really lucky with this podcast. But I tell her sometimes we joke about it all the time, like we're kind of famous, but we're not. Like the amount of people that listen to this is not the amount of people that listen to Joe Rogan. Like we, I th- Helmet Tracker jokingly called us the Joe Rogans of the equipment world for this podcast. But it's not, but at the same time, it is such a small you know, tight knit community where we all know everybody or we know somebody who knows that person, you can say, Oh, the guy at such and such. And you're like, yeah, that's blah, blah. Oh, you know him? Well, no, but like a good buddy of mine, I work with, work with him. Like there's always that five degrees of Kevin Bacon or seven degrees, of Kevin Bacon, whatever it is. It's like that in the equipment world. So when you have that many equipment managers listening to us that, that are, you're just kind of like, well, we are kind of famous in our small little snow globe of a world. And it's funny that, we've been able to just build that community and that's been, it's not the quote unquote fame. It's not that that's not the right word, but the right word is like our community has grown so much just by Mm -hmm. doing this. And that's been fun to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like y'all's personal community has definitely Mm -hmm. grown, but I think the equipment community has always been there, but this has given um, a window Mm -hmm. into that a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the intent to just kind of shed some light on these men and women who are grinding away every single day, just kind of behind the scenes, just 
wanting to to show appreciation for everything that they're doing and that you know even Scott's doing right now and it's been you know it's it's been interesting for me you know I've had a, a decent amount of people that that I've worked with we've had some people that Scott's worked with and then people that you know we had never met until it was either recommended to us or you know we threw out for the student manager thing that was a lot of fun when we had you know a bunch of student managers on for interviews and just trying to get to know people and and really hear their stories i mean scott and i i think talked about it a couple of weeks ago we're just saying how interesting it's going to be for you know those student managers if they stay in the business just trying to figure out where they end up what see like watching their careers watching where they end up and and even guys like you know so we had some vendors on like blake troy aaron and mm-hmm. just seeing their career paths as well and hoping that anybody who ever had the thought to maybe get into the other side of the business, try and give you some insight on what, what you're getting into. Cause you really don't know until you get there and, and it really might change your opinion on things and in a good way or a bad way, you know, you never know. It just depends on what you're looking for and you know, what you want for your job. But I will say it's been a lot of fun and I do want to take a minute to, to thank both of you, Melinda and, and Allie for putting up with me and Scott while we've been doing this podcast. You know, it takes a, a couple to a few hours out of out of our days that, you know, we lock ourselves away and, and sit down and, and do these types of things. And it, uh, you know, obviously with Scott more than me, but he already is working a full day for equipment and then comes home and it's like, all right, well, you know, I might have a chance to eat, but my food will my food will be ready and Mm-hmm. Patrick, Patrick, and I will be kind of game planning the episode. So, you know, thank you guys for putting up with us again, outside of equipment for you know having to sit down and do this every every week. Yeah, thanks for listening to the podcast, even though you guys are so behind. It's ridiculous. Not so behind. <laughs> <laughs> Melinda actually listened to the most recent episode. She did. The only reason she listened to it is because she has a personal relationship with Blake. She wouldn't have listened to it yet if it wasn't for Blake. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is kind of cool. I mean, I started, I I met him. He put me to work doing laundry, and then he ends up being our best man. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I did have an interest in that one, I guess. Mm -hmm. I also liked his other duties as assigned, although it wasn't his example of it. But just painting the field, that was kind of interesting. I went and told that story at work, and... Got a few jaws to drop. They're just like, wow. Oh, yeah, I guess I'll have to cool. listen now. Yes, you will. <laughs> yeah. What's well, Allie? Allie was here in the other room while we recorded and didn't like even listen to I it. I put my live. white noise machine on because I just knew. <laughs> I just knew if I listened to it live, he'd, he'd end the call and I would have like a laundry list <laughs> of like things that. <laughs> of, tips that he needed to take into the next interview so i said you know he already gets frustrated with me with the tips or the suggestions so i said you know i'm just not gonna um i'm just not gonna be a part of this i'm just going to listen to it when it comes out behind the scenes though she did barge in on us as soon as we finished wrapping and she came in as like Blake, hey, Pat, hey, yeah, um, he's supposed to take me shopping. Like, we're leaving. And we went shopping. And she was, there was like no BSing after we got off the call. Once yeah, it was Scott's over. not exaggerating either. That, that legitimately <laughs> happened. 
So we're going shopping. Let's go. And we well, drove yeah, down. There are some times you guys are in. I mean, he locks himself in his office for hours. I'll be messaging him like, are you going to come out at some point tonight? Mm-hmm. An oh. episode's only an hour long. Yeah. So like, what are they doing? They oh, range. especially if you guys are watching a game or if you're talking to somebody and you really get. Well, the app one, like when we watched the app Georgia Southern game, that was like a four hour episode. And I say a four hour episode because we were on the call for four hours. We cut it down to an hour of actual recording but we were legitimately on the call for four hours and i'm sure that didn't make melinda or Allie very happy well melinda has to have a lot more patience than me because a lot of time it doesn't affect my day-to-day because we're not together i'm not like waiting on him to get off to like hang out or or eat dinner yeah sometimes (laughs) i'm told you're on your own for dinner i'll just like send a text i'm like hey we're it's gonna be a minute you might as well just might as well just eat Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. So write us in. Let us know uh, if your wives have any unique um, pros or cons, things that they've noticed with this. Um, hit us up on Twitter or something, and and, and let us know kind of what what their thoughts on this episode are. If you guys are sitting down with your wives to listen to this, let us know if your wives think uh, think that. Melinda and Allie are saints and, and that we're just <laughs> terrible people and they should be applauded more. Nobody's a saint. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're interested to hear your stories about, about your uh, equipment spouses. Mm-hmm. If you're any of these equipment ladies that I know out there listen to us, that's a different perspective having a, a husband that's, that's tagging along for the ride. So let me know uh, what, what that's been like for y'all. And But yeah, thank y'all for coming on. This is, this has been fun. Don't know if we'll, uh, Never pull you guys back on again, but maybe maybe next time Pat and I need a little bit of humbling, we'll have to sit down and, and put ourselves through another one. Maybe like an annual wives episode mm. or spouses episode. A, a constructive <laughs> criticism episode and where you tell us that you're really not up to date on the on the podcast anyway. But yeah, yeah. Great. I'm six months behind, but you guys really should work on this, this and this. <laughs> well, no, I I mainly got like a day's notice that we were even doing this. So maybe if I had more notice next time, I will, you know, listen to all the episodes. Mm-hmm. I'll be fully prepared next time. Or you could just keep up to date with it. We'll just, we'll have to, about you not, you not having enough notice before the episode. We'll talk to the scheduling department. Um, yeah, please. Lodge that. Yeah, we'll get in touch with our producer <laughs> and, and see what he has to say. If anyone is a podcast producer out there. <laughs> <laughs> wants to work for free let us know we need some experience let us know <laughs> yeah. well i know they got uh, need to <laughs> we need to sign this yeah. off they get care we're gonna wrap this one up i did want to say before we wrap up like also if you're a, an equipment spouse that you know needs some connection encouragement or just like some fellowship um hit us up too <laughs> But yeah, so we'll see you guys back again next week. Um, we've still got some other interviews lined up, but we wanted to go ahead and get this one before uh, now the holiday season's wrapping up. And while I had Allie down here and before things get a little hectic with these this weird COVID, post-COVID, if you want to call it that, spring, we'll see how things 2021, go. man. Rolling into it. It's only, it's only up from here. It's already a dumpster fire. Let's get this thing going. <laughs> 2020 hold our beer yeah exactly but with that guys we're gonna we're gonna sign off appreciate you guys listening uh subscribe rate and review 
and uh, we will we will talk to you guys soon. See ya.